Hi ladies and welcome back to The Feminine Domain. This is episode four and I wanted to spend a few minutes today um, just discussing with you the topic of crucifying the flesh. Um, We had a conference this past weekend at our church, um, Westmount Bible Chapel and Hill City Baptist Church here in Peterborough. We partner together Um, annually to have a fall conference and the topic of this past weekend's conference was the cost of discipleship and I left that conference with a fresh resolve to put my sin to death. Um, So discipleship begins with death and continues with daily moment by moment little deaths and one of our well, our pastoral intern, Jacob Lehman, gave um, one of the messages, a really powerful message from Galatians at the conference. Um, and his primary text was Galatians 5, um, 24. Um, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And Jacob helpfully reminded us that our flesh is not a friend to be welcomed but an enemy to be slaughtered. And my husband, Alex, um, spoke after Jacob, and he reminded us that Christian discipleship is an ongoing pattern of death followed by life, and that we have to intentionally be putting to death not only ways of acting that are sinful and fleshly, but ways of thinking. Our minds and our actions work together And we're renewed and sanctified as we actively participate with the Spirit of God to have our thinking and our actions transformed. And so I've been reflecting on this a lot this week, and I don't know about you, but for me, it's in the little everyday provocations that I find it nearly impossible to kill my flesh and to say no to sin. Um... Elizabeth Parentis expresses it well in her book, Stepping Heavenward. Um, For any of you who haven't read it, that's a great book, Stepping Heavenward by Elizabeth Parentis. But um, the character Katie in the book says this. She says, In the great things, I do submit to God's will. What grieves me is that I am constantly forgetting to recognize God's hand in the little everyday trials of life, and instead of receiving them as from him, I find fault with the instruments by which he sends them. So in the story, um, she has lost family members to death, and she expresses her willingness to give up even these family members who die without a word of complaint. But she then articulates her struggle with receiving tiresome, wearying people on a daily basis, or accepting the sins and the negligence of others. And she laments her inability to receive these more everyday, mundane challenges as God's choice for her at the moment, because her father sees that the little disciplines are suitable for her at the time. And I've been contemplating why why this is too. Um, And I think the answer... um, is at least partially found in 1 Peter 4, 1-2, which says this, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. 
For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. And there's something about intense suffering when we suffer in our flesh um, that purges us of our passions, that clarifies, suffering is clarifying it helps us to narrow our focus to what is really important. I can remember when my husband, Alex, was in the ICU back in November of 2021 and the doctors hadn't given me much hope that he was going to survive. Um, so he was in there for five days. That was five days of hardly sleeping and definitely not eating. Um, true deep affliction, I would say one of the hardest trials I've ever faced. Um, and I didn't really know what, this verse in First Peter 4, verse 1 to 2, I didn't really know what it meant until I was suffering in such an extreme way. Um, the presence of the Lord and his power and present help with me in that trial made me detest my sin in such a way that whenever any thought or attitude would come up that I knew was sinful, I would immediately be like, Lord, purge me. I can't have this. I need to be in communion with you. Um, right away obedience, you know, even, even just the thought of sin just repulsed me. Um, but yet coming out of that fiery trial, um, it's in the more commonplace and ordinary um, challenges in life that I do find it's so hard to put my sin to death. Um, like Elizabeth Prentice says, I have not fully learned how to submit to God's will, how to crucify my flesh in the little everyday things. And I think part of the reason for this is that my sin feels normal. Um, you know, a, an intense situation where your husband's almost dead and you're crying out to God and praying constantly and just a very intense situation you're very focused on what really matters, but in the everyday comfortable life, when little provocations come up, it's so easy to respond sinfully because that's just a familiar pattern. It feels justifiable and normal. When I'm inconvenienced or slighted, I resort to my default, my perpetual ditches, instincts, right? An emotional response. Um, and we don't repent, ladies, of the things that we feel justified for, right? We don't repent of things that we don't see as wrong, that feel familiar, comfortable. Um, so, for example, I'll just give you a few examples from my life. You know, the kids are not obeying me. I've spoken once, I've spoken twice, not obeying. So then I feel justified to be angry in my correction of them. Or I'm feeling overwhelmed, on a given day for whatever reason. So I lash out at those around me with irritation. Or I feel misunderstood. So I feel justified to indulge in self-pity or calling somebody up and sinfully venting. Or maybe I feel fearful. So I justify ruminating on all of my anxieties. I feel hurt. So I cling to bitterness and resentment and the accusation or criticism of others. 
Maybe on a given day I feel pressure to please people. So I justify my self-righteous striving and my arrogance. And all of this starts to feel really normal. Just quick little habitual returning to sin over and over. It feels normal and familiar. But this is not normal for Christians. And this is what I found myself being reminded of this week. This is not normal. Remember the, the verse at the beginning from Galatians 5. All those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That is who we are in Christ. And we have to live as who we are. And this is ongoing. Even after we come to Christ, we must continue to put off our old selves, which belongs to our former manner of life and is corrupt through the deceitful desires And we must continue to be renewed in the spirit of our minds, putting on the new self. That's Ephesians 4, 20 to 24. God forbid that these things would just become normal. And then we become women who leave a legacy of self-indulgence, worry, anger, fear, emotional tantrums, fussiness, fretting. Um, God forbid that that be the legacy we leave. So that's, that's one reason I see in myself for not putting my sin to death in the little everyday situations. And the second reason I think um, this is harder in the little everyday things is that killing the flesh hurts. It is hard. And we shrink from the hardness of this daily death to self. We recoil from the too muchness of it. It's too intense having to think about owning my sin, acknowledging my sin, repenting of my sin. And it is a genuine death, right? Death doesn't feel good. The world we live in tells us that everything must bend to how we feel. So it feels uncomfortable. We avoid the discomfort of humbling ourselves. Um, We avoid acknowledging our sin to God and to others. Um, because it truly is a death. We stay where we feel safe and we protect ourselves from the ruthless repentance that's required in order to put off the old woman and put on the new self. Rachel Jankovic has helpfully said, Christianity is not a religion for cowards. It's a religion for people who want to see the world and themselves for who they really are who want to see God for who he really is and ourselves for who we really are. And there is no self-protection in that. There's no reading the Bible while carefully screening it from actually contacting anything that hurts. We can't be cowards who want to stay in our little emotional tangles and cages. We have to want to pursue God into something that is way bigger than our impulses, our instincts, and our emotions. And I found that so helpful. We need to step out, ladies, of the emotional cages that we have come to feel familiar with and comfortable with, that we've come to feel safe in. These ruts that we so easily lean toward are not normal, and they're not safe. And yes, putting our flesh to death hurts. It's a genuine death. But in Christ, on the other side of death, is always, always a resurrection. 
Listen to Romans 6, 5 to 14 here. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you, sisters, also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you were not under law but under grace. How glorious is that? So often we resist death to self and death to our flesh because it doesn't feel good in the immediate. But neither does our perpetual disobedience. Right? So often we fail to see and walk in the freedom that could be ours if we just obeyed, joyfully obeyed. I always tell my students, whoever obeys instruction is on the path to life. Life on the other side of death in Christ is always a resurrection, is life. I think Elizabeth Elliot said it well when she said, a whole lot of what we call struggling is simply delayed obedience. <sighs> well, I'm really struggling. I've said that, and I know lots of women who say that. But when, when we get into those ruts where we're struggling, we need to look at ourselves and say, am I actually struggling with something? Because there are real struggles and we need one another. We need to reach out to our brothers and sisters in Christ and get help when we're um, burdened. You know, we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. But so often, that whole term of I'm struggling, there's lots of disobedience and sin there that needs to be repented of so we can walk in freedom. No excuses. No allowing our feelings free reign, just trust and obey. And when we do that, so much of that struggle that we felt we couldn't be rid of actually lifts and we experience the peace that is ours for the taking in Christ. The joy that comes from being brought from death into life. The freedom that comes from refusing to allow sin to have dominion over us. So ladies, if you are in Christ, you do not have to be enslaved to your sin. You do not have to be subservient to your feelings. Christ died and rose to free us from our emotional tangles and prisons. Yes, following Christ requires our death, but it is the gateway to true and abundant life.
Remember the words of Jesus in Luke 9. Whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life, her life, ladies, whoever loses her life for my sake will find it. So I pray both for you and for me this week that we would walk in this freedom, that we would crucify our flesh through immediate repentance and right away obedience in all the little everyday provocations. May God give us grace to let go of ourselves, to let go of our own way and to walk in his way. Have a good week, ladies. Until next time.